Oh, boy. <clears throat> Welcome back to First and Ten Podcast. This has been a long, 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 long time for the iconic, inconsistent upload schedule. If anyone's wondering right now what the heck I'm doing with my sound and what the heck, why does it sound like this? And it's pretty crappy. I'm on a walk. I'm walking. I'm trying to get some steps in. You know, and uh, it's kind of difficult because uh, I'd like to do the podcast more. And it's kind of nice because I'm just trying to, I'm in a quiet neighborhood. So not many people are out trying to just speak my mind while I'm by myself, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's July right now. Training camp just started. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, hope everyone that listens. I think it's like four people right now. Just had a good summer, you know, and there's a car passing by. Hopefully that didn't get picked up in the sound, but it probably did. <clears throat> this is, try to switch it up. If, if you guys don't, it's clearly, it's not going to be everyone's favorite thing, but yeah. Hope everyone's summer's going well. Um, my summer's been all right. Uh, can't really complain. You know, things happen. You got to move on. You got to work past it, but I've had, I don't know, went on trips, doing certain activities, changing up my lifestyle. It's pretty healthy. Won't lie. Hope everyone's doing well too, you know. Um, yeah, learned that uh, you got to stop worrying about the future because that's what I used to do. You got to start uh, enjoying now. Sounds very weird, but yeah. Um, so yeah, looking into the first couple of days of training camp, um, some pretty big news has been going on with the running back situation. Um, just started to give my thoughts on it. Um, running backs have been upset due to payment, and I... I'm starting to understand them more because throughout my, I don't know, life, I guess, of watching football, I've never seen running like running backs as the more valuable positions in football. And I, I don't think they are or they were, but it depends on which running backs you're looking at, of course, right? And so, you know, we've had tons of talent throughout every decade in terms of a running back but I feel like now more than ever I look and maybe you know the, the top 20 to 30 running backs in the NFL and they're all very very good right like I could just lift off like 10 guys right now like Christian McCaffrey Derek Henry Saquon Barkley um Aaron, Aaron Jones Austin Eckler um, well, who else? Let's just go Joe Mixon. Let's throw those guys in there. A guy like B. John Robinson coming in the league. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Um, Nick Chubb, of course. Um, you know, there are different kinds of running backs. And we're seeing them become so much more valuable to teams nowadays. Right? So guys like Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb are the, the, they are the center of their offense. In my opinion, right? For the Browns. They have the purest runner in the NFL in Nick Chubb, right? 
That guy's a former track star, and he can run. I'll tell you that right now. He hits any hole he wants to. Very shifty. He just he just looks like a he's just a classic running back, you know, and I love it. Derrick Henry, of course, the guy that's gonna get twenty to thirty touches every single game, and he's guaranteed he'll body everyone, right? But then there's a different guy, right? Like McCaffrey or Eckler or even someone like Barkley, who are everything, right? Or at least they, they do bits of everything. Right? In my opinion, I think McCaffrey is the Swiss Army knife of running backs, right? He's playing running back. He's playing slot receiver. He's running screens. He's in block. McCaffrey does whatever the heck he wants all across the field. So when I look at McCaffrey, his value becomes up because he's a guy that is another target for his quarterback, right? Same thing as Eckler. Eckler caught about like over 100 passes last year. Do you know how valuable that is to his team? And people always are, you know, like, oh, Austin Eckler, always more of a fantasy guy. Yeah, that's true. But think about this. Right, most of those catches are definitely all like you know checkdowns where Eckler can get like two or three yards. Right, but what happens if there's no running back that can catch over there? Right, that's a sack from Herbert. Herbert risking his life running the ball. Herbert risking a fumble. Herbert throwing the ball away for an interception. Right, instead he has a wide receiver basically who can also run amazingly with the ball as his checkdown option, who's a yard away. Right. That's the value of this of these running backs nowadays, and they want to get paid. I understand that, okay? Completely understand it. And coming from a Giants fan, we need Saquon, okay? Let's not get that, like, twisted right now, okay? The, um, yeah, yeah, we got James Robinson. And James Robinson is, like, what, 24, 25 right now? He's young. Solid. He's going to be a great one-two punch at Barkley in terms of just being, a, like, a, you know, a backup in case Barkley is tired or he's hurt. Robinson will feel a whole nicely. I think Dable knows that as well. That's not the point. The point is that Barkley gives us that edge, okay? So let's take Barkley out of the picture for the Giants, okay? The Giants have, I can name like like six slot receivers on their team, right? They got Wandale, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and Cole Beasley, Jamison Crow- J- uh, Crowder, I think it is. They have Crowder now. You know, it's like all these old or young. It doesn't matter. We have, like, every slot receiver known to man uh, at a different age, right? At different ages. I think the most, like, the least slot out of all of them is definitely Hodgins. Hodgins has proven he could take on these number one corners. He, he cooked Patrick Peterson in the playoffs. It was beautiful. He got, like, eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, what more could you ask for? You know, so it's like a guy that Dable picked up halfway through the year and he just came in and he kicked ass. So it's it's those kind of things, right? You got to look for, um, like people are saying, you know, it, it's like that. It's like, sorry, excuse me for stuttering. Um, trying to say is like, these guys can be reliable. They can be consistent. They can be, you know, they're no studs. They're no Je- Justin Jefferson's. Sorry for the car. Sorry for the car noise again. There's no Justin Jefferson on our team. There's no Cooper Cup or whatever that we just utilize. Our guy, in terms of that, is Saquon, right? Who we'll use in the passing game, but who's going to be more valuable for the run because it opens up the game for Daniel Jones in terms of his running and his passing. Our big guy now is Darren Waller. Uh, Dable took a shot on him, but the shot wasn't that big of a shot. It was a fifth-round pick, I believe it was. Right? We're not losing 
a massive value in terms of like we didn't give up like a second round pick for him. And his upside is a top three tight end in the NFL. We've seen it already. If he stays healthy, I don't think he will. I think he'll maybe miss like three games. I don't know. Excuse me for saying that. I don't want to jinx him or anything like that. I think he'll be, you know, be like on and off kind of thing. But Dable will know how to use this guy. He's like a 6'5 target that runs like a 4'4. How can you not use him as your big body goal line guy? Just throw the ball up and go get it. Or right down the seam, right? He gets past that safety. He's taking it to the house every time. So, yeah, we have a shot with him if he doesn't, if he stays healthy. But Barkley's our guy, okay? We use him as decoy. We use him on play action. We use him to block. We use him to pass. We use him to, to run. Okay? He's our Swiss Army guy. All right? Now, actually, funny enough, I'm going to talk about a movie now. Whoever did not see Oppenheimer, if you did not, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Okay? In my opinion, the best movie I've ever seen. Okay? Killian Murphy. Peaky Blinders boy, pretty solid. Actually, no, pretty phenomenal actor, excuse me. Gave probably the best performance of his life as J. Robert Oppenheimer. Now, why am I talking about Oppenheimer? First off, that cast is insane, okay? Stacked cast. But it didn't get there without the director. Christopher Nolan is one of the best directors of all time. And he's only done like maybe 12 movies, I believe. And they're all pretty solid, okay? Besides maybe his debut. Anyway, I saw an interview with Killian Murphy and Christopher Nolan. And the interviewer was asking me, you know, Christopher, how did you, you know, decide on Killian Murphy and the rest of this cast? How did you decide on Robert Downey Jr.? How did you decide on Rami Malek and uh, Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh? All these kind of, you know, S-tier actors, right? You see he's bringing in people that have won best performances and best supporting actors and actresses. And it's just, it's just you know, it's like watching the Pro Bowl and having to be a real team in the NFL. It's just not fair, right? And Christopher Nolan said this. He said, <clears throat> what I do first is I write the script, okay? He writes out how he wants it to be, okay? He says not many people do this, surprisingly, which you would think that they would. I mean, it does happen often, but like not as often as you think. Is instead of bringing in the guy that you think could play the role and then kind of forcing the script around the guy or girl's um, best qualities that you think just fit the, this role, make the script yourself by yourself or with your team. All right, and this is what Nolan did. He said he made the whole script and he read it back to himself he read back to himself again, and he goes, he evaluates everyone who auditioned. He goes, you know what? This is Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy could do this. He's going to be J. Robert Oppenheimer. Who's going to be Strauss? Robert Downey Jr. Who's going to be whoever? Who's going to be this person? Whoever, you know what I mean? So I think football is just like that, okay? Now, I get it. You can't exactly get every person you want right, on your team, okay, but the people that you do want there, right, you have to take them based off of what you want to do with your offense or your defense, okay, and I think Dable had something in the back of his hand, uh, back of his mind, in terms of, you know, what's he going to do with all these, like, wide receiver twos and threes and fours, right, because we don't have a wide receiver one, a wide receiver one dead or wall, technically, okay, don't, don't, 
write them off yet, okay? Dable knows how to utilize these guys, how to get them open. A simple motion play action is all it takes, right? Dable could run an 11 personnel, and he'll have all three of these wide receivers on, on the field, no problem. He'll do Slayton, he'll do Wandale, he'll do Shepard, or he'll mix up and put Hodge and Shepard and, and Slayton, or Hodgins and Cole Beasley and James Crowder. It doesn't matter, okay? Because he will have plays that he knows that only certain guys can run, okay? But, again, going back to Barkley and their whole running back thing, I kind of drifted off for a while there. Barkley is his ace, okay? He's got a whole playbook that he knows he could run with Barkley and Barkley can break out all of them, okay? It all goes back to his running back thing. Dable knows the value of, 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 of Barkley, right? The 49ers, when they got McCaffrey, they became one of the most threatening offenses in the NFL just because of that running back move. And no one's even noticing, in my opinion. I think people have to give them way more respect that they are already given, actually, which is weird. Because you would think, you know, you think of Tyler Robbins, you go, oh, yeah, 49ers are pretty good. No, you got to say the 49ers are probably and arguably the best offense in the NFL because of Christian McCaffrey, okay? No one's understanding how valuable these running backs are nowadays. Not even myself. I think I'm undervaluing them still, okay? I'm not saying they deserve like 30 mil a year like like quarterbacks, but they definitely shouldn't be getting 10 mil a year like some of these other players are getting or some of these other positions are getting that maybe need a 10 mil, okay? Because running backs are home run hitters. They're down in the trenches all the time with those offensive linemen who are also way disrespected. They deserve to be paid for the bruises they get. They deserve to be paid for, you know, the effort they put in, okay? And people always argue, you know, oh, you know, their prime's always shorter because of the injuries they can get. You know, people think that, I think Nick Chubb said this. Nick Chubb said something about, you know, they see someone run for 2,000 yards in a season and think that that's it for their career, right? I think he's hinting at him and Derrick Henry, you know, because I can't tell you how many times in the past, maybe four years in fantasy, where it's always been like, oh, no, this is it for Derrick Henry. He's slowing down now, right, after he just did like a 1,800-yard season, right? And the next year, ah, I'm skeptical of Henry. Is he going to get 30 carries and 150 yards and two touchdowns every single week? Guess what he did? He did the exact thing, right? Every single game he did it, right? And it's it, it, every time, every time, every year he goes back and he goes, I'm still here. I'm grinding. Running backs are evolving. They've evolved into I'm not going to be in a prime for five years now and be done, right? Now, we've seen that before. <clears throat> Todd Gurley, excuse me. Sorry, Todd Gurley was like good for like like 15 games, and that was it. Um, but I'm saying their prime is extended. They've evolved to – they know how to take the hits in the trenches, and they know how to work past it kind of. So <clears throat> they've learned how to stay healthier. So they become more valuable to the team because you know that you're going to get a solid runner for like eight years instead of the four or the five that you think you're going to get them. People think that they can come in the league at 22 and then be good from 22 to 27 or 28 and they're done. 
right? And it's, it's happened before. And I don't blame people that think that way. And I thought that way myself, right? Is, you know, I always thought if you've got the money, invest in the O-line, right? Make the O-line phenomenal. Because then what happens? You buy a cheap running back or draft a cheap running back. Who does the basics that you know can fit into your offense, right? Who can find the hole? Who can hit the gap? Who can accelerate after the 10-yard mark, you know? Who can make a guy miss? It's just easy, right? Nothing like too outrageous. Because then you're paying like two mil a year for your running back, right? To go for 900 rushing yards and like six touchdowns or whatever it is, seven touchdowns. And that's good value, okay? And people are understanding that because then you could do a committee, right? You get two running backs that are combining for 1,200 yards and like 10, 10 rushing touchdowns and you paid them... I don't know, like five mil total, six mil total, right? And it used to be like that, in my opinion. It used to just be, um, you know, just running backs were just not valuable. But I think they've they've amped up offenses now, and they've become hybrids of receivers and blockers and everything. So we need to give them the respect they deserve. Um, so I think it's um. I think all these guys need to get paid, right? But I think that some of these running backs that are trying to hold out, like Josh Jacobs, it's not the smartest thing. Because can you tell me the last time a running back that did this, that held out or, you know, wasn't, didn't want to be a part of an organization? Like, how did the rest of their career go? Right? Like, Lev Bell was finished. He was done. He's done, totaled, right? I think actually on the deadline day of the franchise tag, Bell tweeted out recently and he apologized to the Steelers Nation saying, I'm sorry I held out. I wish I stayed with the team or something like that, right? Because he even regretted it because he looked at his, his career. Like he could have kept going at his age right now if he, you know, I mean, he did, to be fair, he made a statement. He made people get, like, you know, he made people recognize what he was doing because Bell was. The first of this, like, I mean, to be fair, Dana Thomason has been doing it, but Bell was, like, the first part of this, you know, longevity thing, right, in terms of being this running back that can run, catch, and block, and be everywhere on the field for you at any time you want, and have his, um, what's it called, his prime, or at least his stability to play longer, be extended compared to the rest of the running backs. So... These running backs deserve the money. That's all I'm going to say. All right. This was very cool to do, actually. I bet I sound like, I bet I sound terrible right now. With, uh, I'm like breathing heavy, probably. You can hear that. Yeah, I'm an old man. I walk and I do runs, too. So don't, don't at me. But I'm walking a lot. I'm going to go for another two miles, probably. You know, anyone listening go for a walk. You know what? I'm a motivational speaker now. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to talk about walking and movies and talking about uh, my summer and how, uh, you know, you got to make adjustments and get over obstacles and feel good about yourself sometimes. You know, I'm going to do this from now on. Maybe, Maybe I'll be a motivational speaker. Here, here's a sound clip. Here we go. Ready? All right. Uh, 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 wake up and smell the coffee or smell the roses. Shoot, I messed it up. Um, okay, I don't know. 
But um, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. I don't know if people want to hear my just start a regular podcast. I do like football once a week or twice a week, and then do something else. But football is my only passion. So I think I give a crap about the world. So, and never I know a lot of guys like that. You boys know who you are. Um, shout out to you guys. Uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of shout outs for the six people that listen. You know, any of you four that, <laughs> any of you five people that want to listen that are listening, want a shout out, you tell them so the other four people know who the heck you are. I'll make you famous, man. Make you famous. But that's not why I do it. I do it for fun. I like talking. I just ramble. No. Let's see. What else can I talk about? We should do that. I might do like weekly walks with Aiden. Um, oh, another movie I just saw. I saw Indiana Jones 5. Oh my lord, what a movie. Right? And uh, anyone growing up that's ever watched, you know, the I guess the older adults that have seen the Indiana Jones movies, um, it's exactly what you think it was. You know, it's very Steven Spielberg. Um, it's 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 just a classic. It's a classic Indiana Jones movie, set closer to our time, I guess. Uh, not to our time. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I think it's like twenty. It's set twenty years after the Nazis, so it's it's like in the fifties, sixties area. It's pretty cool. Um, Harrison Ford still got it as always. I will say though, actually, you know what? The deep fake. I think it's called deep faking when you make like uh, you can like CGI someone's face. And then he, um, there's like a full like 30 minute scene in the beginning of like Indiana Jones when he was like, you know, when it was Harrison Ford, but like in his prime, I guess you would say like, I don't know, like 40 years older or something like that, 30, 40. It was insanely accurate, right? And it was like, you couldn't even tell that it was like a, a CGI, you know? So that's in terms of nailing it, that was perfect, you know? Um, the whole story was perfect in terms of the pacing of an Indiana Jones movie, the the classic you know artifact that uh, that they find and it turns out to be some kind of magical power, and of course Indiana Jones is like oh you know I don't believe in magic, but there's there's been things that I've seen in my life that I can't explain, you know it's very cool so get out there go see Oppenheimer go see Indiana Jones go for a walk. I've native Ferris. I'll be doing some more fancy stuff and NFL stuff in the future, hopefully throughout the season. So take care guys. Peace.